Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 115. My name is Steven Dutzman. I am your host, as always. And this week, it is a board game episode, and I am joined by my lovely wife, Jenna. Hello, everybody. And this week, we are going to talk about our favorite games that we played this year. Now, we sat down as a family. We had a very contentious discussion and we decided that since this is this is not our games of the year that's going to be done in writing and it will be decided and posted later on this week however um we we wanted to do a podcast so we're doing this a little bit differently these are our favorite games that we played this year uh not all of them are 2017 releases some of them came out a couple of years prior. Many of them are recent releases, but we're going to do this podcast every year. Um, and the rule is a board game can appear multiple times. It can be old. It doesn't really matter. This is our favorite games that we played. So um, you might hear some stuff on here and be like, what do you mean? This came out a couple of years ago. Or you've talked about this one before, and that is okay per the rules of this. Um, but I definitely want you guys to give us your input too. What was your favorite board games that you played this year? Head on in to engagefamilygaming.com slash community and let us know. Um, before we get too far though, I do want to thank everybody for listening. I hope the games that you play have been great. Um, I can say the games that I've been playing have been amazing recently um, and it's not even Christmas time yet. Um, so, But the important thing I want to say is we want this we want our show to be as interactive as possible. So uh, what we'd love for you to do is reach out to us on social media with any questions, comments, ideas, or topics that you want us to cover, and we'll be able to work those into the show. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we just get started? Normally we talk about Around the Horn, but I think we got a lot of games to cover. So uh, rather than kind of bog it down with our normal process, um, let's just get right to it. What were our favorite games that we had to play this year? When we did this, everybody picked two, and then we had like a couple of honorable mentions once we realized that we had missed a bunch of stuff that we really liked. So um, the youngest went first, and she chose two very interesting games, um, none of which will... I can guarantee that neither of these will be on any other 2017 Game of the Year list. I don't know about neither of them. I think one of them might be. But her, her first favorite game, which is funny, she asked for it herself. Um, she got it for her birthday, which was, you know, just a week or two ago. And literally she got it today. And she played it um, today with everybody, and it is already her favorite game of the year. We're going to forget all of the games that she plays pretty regularly, um, and, and you, we'll go into... You be quiet now. Her favorite game of the year is absolutely going to be this one. Because she got it today, but we're not gonna we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. Okay, so it is a headbands game. Um, if you don't know what headbands is, you put a headband on. It has a card in it. You can't see what the card is, and you basically play. Ask a series of yes or no questions to figure out which character, image, whatever it is on your head. Hers is Pokemon XY headbands. Um, it's it's fun. It's goofy. It's kind of a what am I game. And um, they're all, all three of our kids, huge Pokemon XY fans, huge Pokemon fans in general. <laughs> they did awful they the really first time they played They this really game. struggled with this. Um, and it's funny because you have to be careful that you're only asking yes, no questions. And you have a timer that you're, you know, you're using and you have to make your guess within that amount of time. That structure to the game was a challenge for them. Um, even the Pokemon that they know very well. Um, so we get a lot of what color is my, what color, or, or am I yellow, am I red, am I green, what's my type, which is conveniently printed on the card for those of us who may not know what type all those Pokemon are. Um, and I mean, what's not to love? It's a headbands game and it's a Pokemon game all in one. It's also 12 bucks on, <clears throat> excuse me, it is $12 on Amazon. So it's hard to argue with that. Let's be real. Like this was, she is in 100% Pokemon fever. Yes, she is. Right now. Um, her entire wish list was, um, 
her, her entire wish list was Pokemon stuff. So um, it doesn't surprise me that this was going to be her favorite. When she opened it, she freaked out. She's wanted to play it literally every couple seconds since then. Um, you know, and I, I, the reason I support this one being on here is just the hilarity of her brothers being super cocky. Oh, thinking yeah. that they were going to nail this, and uh, neither of them have gotten one legit right. Well, they're getting a little bit better at it now that they know which Pokemon are in there. But they're but, still yeah. not playing by the rules. No, no, they're so, not. So, um, yeah, so this is this is going to be interesting. Yep. Um, you know, so that is the first game on our list. Yes, I said it. The first game on our list is Pokemon Headbands. With that said, there's tons of headbands games. This is very much like a party game that you can play with children that is not really a problem. Like it's low key. Yeah. It's relatively entertaining. I would rather play this than Pie Face. Right. And there's a print your own version of this going around online now that's a holiday themed one. So I mean it's popular it, and people have fun with these family game, party game things. So um anyways, it's well worth the twelve dollars. Um, it, it is if, worth if you noting like party games. It is worth noting you could totally use this with your Pokemon cards. You could. So it comes with sixty like circular cards that have like Pokeballs printed on the back. There is one hundred percent no reason why you could not have your kids play with their Pokemon cards. Right. Right. Um, so which I think is a clever use for it. So um, the next pick was from Miss. Uh, from our Miss Little Kid. Our five-year-old is, um, and she actually played this one fairly well. I was surprised. I mean, she needed a little help in the beginning, um, and her attention span was not long enough to play more than one round, or more than one game in a row, um, is Monopoly Gamer um, Edition. So it's the Monopoly game that is um, Mario Brothers themed, and it comes with your little mini figs basically your little mario themed tokens yep. that you can move around the board and i don't know if she picked it because she had fun opening the bags with the tokens in it if she liked the game um if it's because it's it, it's super mario and she loves super mario but this is definitely on her list yeah and i'm gonna go ahead and say this game is better than it has any right to be i know we hear monopoly and you automatically assume it's hot garbage this is not going to be like a new classic. It's not going to change the world. Uh, I mean, you know what I mean? But if you have to play Monopoly, if you have to, this is a pretty okay choice. Right, because it's not a long game. And just like many of the newer themed Monopoly games out there, it has a built-in kind of no, limit. It, the, game the game can't go. You're, you're, you are trying to score points. But you don't need to choke out your opponents, which is where the game draws out. Right. You're not. It's not. You know, going to be a three-hour game. Each game is fairly quick. It plays through fast. Um, they say it can take up to forty-five minutes to play. I don't think I even had a game go that long, and we played it many times with um, the you know the various children in our household and their friends. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's Monopoly Gamer, and that is the two choices from our younger player, as you can imagine. That's, you know, what are you going to do, right? Right. Um, and But you know what? I, I am okay with Monopoly Gamer being on this list. It was easily my biggest surprise. I didn't think I would like it at all. Turns out I enjoyed it a little bit. And that is saying something. Right. Okay, so next up would be the games that our uh, middle child picked, our nine-year-old. And he had a hard time with picking because he really loves all of the silly dexterity games that we have yep. um but he chose his first one i think is great you love it too it's called hoagie yep and it's um we talked about it before it's a two to five player game takes about 15 minutes to play and you build a sandwich and go ahead yeah so i mean it's hoagie this has been out for a little bit um, but it, we just came, you know, we just got our copy, um, you know, towards the end of last year. Um, and, uh, it started to get seriously into rotation as we moved into 2017. Um, it was designed by Larry Nibo, um, with art by Casey Schwartz and the publisher. Um, there are three, uh, Gangrene Games, Monkey Beak Games, and Quirky Engine Entertainment are the three publishers listed. Um, it's two to five players, 15 to 20 minutes, which is super accurate, age five plus, 
which is a pretty perfect uh, explanation of the game. Um, essentially, you are drawing cards, placing them out um, in front of you, and what you are trying to do is make a perfect sandwich that is bread, meat, lettuce, cheese, bread, and your opponents are trying to do the same, but they also, on their turn, can play gross versions of the bread the food and the food on your stuff. And the idea is you need to complete your sandwich and make it a full turn with your sandwich complete. And if you do, you win, right. which is pretty rad. Right. And, you know, the little oogie, oogie, yucky things that are... The oogies are gross. They're destroying your sandwich. are gross. So it's got that typical... You know, appeal to to kids it, who like it, gross things. It should not surprise anyone <laughs> that a nine-year-old truly, truly loved this game. Right. Should not surprise anyone. And this is fun. I mean, it's I, I don't know what the um, what the cost is on it, but I, we can look it I'm up. I'm looking right now. Um, but it, it's definitely gotten a lot of play compared to other games that. Um, you know, that we've bought. This is one that always, it's a good icebreaker game. It's a good start your board game off game that, you know, it's, it's just a fun little thing that takes a short amount of time. It's and about it's twelve fifty on, <clears throat> on Amazon uh, from Monkey Bee Games. Um, it's for kids and adults. I, I agree. This is a great starter game. This is a great game to bring out. It's also, my favorite part is the box is super small. Right, so it's very portable, and, and you could take it anywhere you're going. I mean, this is something that you could play at a restaurant while you're waiting for your food and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's as small as a regular deck of playing cards. It's like two decks of playing cards laid end to end. It's about the size of the game. Pretty much. Um, and we, I, I really like it. I, it always finds its way into our bag. Like yep. when we're packing our drum bag to fill up with board games, somehow Hoagie always finds its way into it. Yep. And <clears throat> in a lot of cases, it's one of the first games to come out. Yep. Um, so I, I think that this will be good for everybody else out there too. This is definitely one of those games I think everybody should have unless you are full up and have no desire to play another starter game ever again. Right. Um, if you're a Sushi Go or Die, then I guess that's all you got, but that's it. Okay. Um, his next pick, again... Very stereotypical for a nine-year-old boy, and that's Pie Face. Now, funny story, I did not realize until we were researching this, is that Pie Face is actually a reprint or a reproduction yeah. of a game that was around in 1964, which is super fascinating to me. How this did not come back until now super amuses me. And there's so many, now there's so many versions of Pie Face out there. He just loves the idea of watching somebody get whipped cream in their face. He thinks it's the funniest thing ever. But there's Pie Face Duel, and there's Pie Face Mile High, and there's, I don't know, there's just, there, I think there's, there's a like, lot of Pie Face. There's a lot of Pie Face games out there. It's and his it's favorite. Fun. It's I, I don't think there's, it's a, I mean, it's a push, it's I, it's not really a push your luck it, game, it, but it's, it's... This it's, is it's, not really a game. It's not really a our... game. It's a toy, but... But you know, he loves it. He loves it, and um, it's technically and, a board game. And I, I, well, it has an entry on Board Game Geek. So what is it, like $15 on sale now? I mean, it's... Let's find out. You can find it. It is $9.99, the base one is, on Amazon. On so, Amazon. So uh, here's what I say. You know what this is great for? This is great for, like, a family New Year's party. Right. Or, you know, like, stuff like that. Like, that, that's really what this is for. Yeah. Um, It is not meant to be... Like a bananas. It's not a board like, game night game. It's it's a. This is a great game to play with kids, especially kids that don't want to play board games. Like get in on this, buy it, enjoy it. I, I that's what I think. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean. Whatever. It's ten bucks. This is one of those games you pay. If you pay ten dollars, bring it to a party with a bunch of kids, and never use it again. Then who cares? It's ten dollars. Right. And for the record, the Ready Whip and the spray can works the best for this. Don't try it with Cool Whip. We did that. It's not so great. <laughs> um. Yeah, it makes a little bit of a mess. You and really want to do that? Well. You really want the in the can one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So next to our oldest child, he, I, I like to think he mixed up a little bit of, um, you know, like, the the he he really mixed up 
what really is like a <clears throat> excuse me, like a, a big, like a relatively meaty strategy game, I think, with some what would be classified as dudes on a map Ameritrash. Which is a which is a term that I don't use very often, <laughs> but it super duper fits. So his two that he picked. I wish you could see my face on on on. She's on never the heard the phrase. I have no idea what he's talking about. It's dudes on a map. Okay. Okay. Like many people who listen to this know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, the the one that I'm referring to as basically Ameritrash, and that's not necessarily a bad game, a bad name. Like that doesn't mean it's a bad game. It's just that's the that is the the genre it lives in, and that's Magic the Gathering Arena of the Planeswalkers. This came out in 2015, so it was a little bit older. Two to five players, uh, about an hour long, age 10 plus. Um, it's cheap. So, for those of you looking to just play with some miniatures, it's like 12 bucks down. Um, and the base game comes with a bunch of cool little minis that work well on hexes. They are functional for Dungeons & Dragons, I will say that much. Um, frankly, it's worth it for the Magic, for the Planeswalker minifigs in and of themselves. Yeah. Um, so, there is that. And there are a bunch of expansions for it. They've kind of slowed down on it because it just wasn't making a lot. But, um, Evan loved this game. He did. They he played, played it quite a bit. He plays it with his boys. Um, I haven't gotten to play with play it with him too much just because it does take a while to set up. That's one of its downsides. However, uh, this is one of those games that will will find its way to the table pretty regularly. Uh, it's published by Hasbro. Um, they haven't said anything new is coming, so it looks like this might be it. Um, it's very. It is a essentially a reimplementation of HeroScape. Aren't there? Expansions to this, though, too? There are, in fact. There are two. Um, one of them is... Uh, it's for two sets that came afterwards. Um, so, basically, it looked like they were going to put out a new version of this for every set that came after, once this came out. They did that twice. It didn't sell very well, so now it's over. Um, but, for those of you who missed it, this is a cool game to just have. So, um, for $12, it is definitely worth it, especially if you like the core Planeswalkers from the Magic the Gathering. Right, game. and if you like Magic, and if you want to play with some of the the, the rules, but not really play all-out Magic. If you want to play with the characters. Right, the characters. This is really about the flavor of the characters. Right. Jace, and Nyssa, and all them. Um, it's neat. Um, so, that's $12. Um, I mean, it is, uh, where is its Board Game Geek rank? Just to give everybody how bad this could possibly be. Um, it's ranked about 1,600 on Board Game Geek, just to give everybody an idea. But, I mean, it's fun. Um, the, let's see here. So that's his first game. His next one. He stole Jen, from me. He totally he stole, stole this from you, from me. But you really like it. So why don't you talk about it? And that is Breaking Games. Rise of Not Tribes. Rise of Tribes, which we played our pre-release copy. The real game is coming in 2018. Right. So, um, two to four, two to four players, uh, thirty to sixty minutes, age ten and up. Um, you're basically, it's you're building your own territory and you're trying to control your territory. So you've there's lakes, there's mountains, there's forests, and it's 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 cool. You know, it's it's Catan like, but it's not really because it has um, different abilities that you play. I can't remember. It's been a while since I played it. Um, but it's you have the, it's all based on the phases of the moon. The phases of the, you build the hex gate. You essentially you have your dice that you roll, yeah. and your dice tell you what you can do during the phase. But it's different because you get um, you have to choose whether you want to grow, move, or gather, and you get different abilities. And it's it's based on the phases of the moon, right? And when you do that... And sun. And, and the sun. I mean, basically by doing that, you... Not only do you take your own... Um, not only do you take your own action, but you control the actions that your opponents will be able to take moving forward. Right. And the idea is to grow a... Um, grow your tribe, grow your civilization. Um, we, you're right. We have not played this for a little bit just because there have been a lot of video games on our plate. However... I agree. This is definitely one. Of... This is one of my favorite games that I played this year. It really is. I'm I'm doing a very poor job of explaining how to play it, but there's a lot of strategy involved. It's not just chance based on dice rolls. There's thought process that goes into how you grow your tribe, how you affect the 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 other players going forward, um, and it's just it's just a really well thought out game. And 
like I said, we played the 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 pre-release, which wasn't even the full game. There are some more changes that they they plan on making when it goes out for the release, and I just think which is coming out soon. Um, so this is the te- this is some of the text from our review, um, because this is one that I think is important. So the conclusion. It says. The few, first few turns we played through moved fairly slowly, but as we continued, meeples and villages quickly filled up the board. Players become much became much more aggressive, searching out conflict and rushing to pick up lead cards. The more we played through the game, the more we saw that there were many different strategies to get to 15 points. We were super impressed with the thoughtfulness that went into the game balance. All of our games were close matches, and the dice movement mechanic really required players to think a few steps ahead. This game was extremely playable by players of all types. Our 11-year-old quickly taught his friends, and they each jumped into their own style of play. Our experienced players found that the pace of the game kept everyone involved until the end. You couldn't predict who would win because the scores would change drastically in one turn. And that's one thing that I will say. You're competing to 15 points, but you can make some pretty significant swings. Right. Which is pretty awesome. Um, also, the, the art is cool, and we don't even know the final art. This game's not over. So, um, that's bravo. his second game. <laughs> bravo. Um, that is his second game. And bravo to um, the designer, Brad Brooks, right? Yeah, Brad Brooks. Uh, you may know him as the designer of a little game we talk about every once in a while here called Letter Tycoon, which, by the way, is awesome. It is awesome. And, if you, and it's not my favorite game of the year this year because I have other stuff going on, but Letter Tycoon is in the EFG Hall of Fame. Love that game. Um, if you don't own it, you should own it. Letter Tycoon. All right. Um, Next is you. No, next is you. Next is me. Okay, so... Um, so you picked two. I picked two. Um, both of which I think were older, but by the time we got them to our table, even though one of them was a Kickstarter or anything like that. Anyway. Their release dates are a little fuzzy by nature of the fact that it, we played them a lot this year, so we can't really remember so when the, they came out. So it the, doesn't matter. This is why we changed the rule. Right. It's the best games you played. It doesn't matter when they came out. So the first one that I picked is, and I've talked about it at least a dozen times, I'm sure, is Tack, and it's by Cheap Ass Games, and it was designed by James Ernest and Ernst actually, and Patrick Rothfuss. It's and Ernest. is it James it's Ernest? Ernest. And, I talked to him. And okay, you did. That's right. And Patrick Rothfuss, um, as you know, I love the King Killer, King Killer Chronicles, and this game is talked about in the books. And they made it come to life. And it's a great two-player game. It's a strategy game. Um, I, some would call it an abstract An strategy. abstract strategy game. Fine. Um, that you play along the lines of checkers, chess, things like that. But it's not quite that way. Um, it's not quite the same. It's different. It's a lot of fun. The pieces are nice. I like the tactile feel of the pieces of the game. I like the way it plays. It's simple to explain. It takes... You know, five minutes at most. And... One of my favorite parts about this game... It is very fast. Like, this is a game... It doesn't take five... I mean, it's 20 to 60 minutes. That's if you're really... No, five minutes to explain. Oh, five minutes to explain, yeah. My favorite part about this is... For, like, three weeks... We were 100% playing playing this game wrong. Like, embarrassingly wrong. Yeah. And we fixed it... And we enjoyed the game just as much. Like, we really (laughs) just... Like, it was like, oh, we're just doing it wrong. And then it changed who was winning and it changed our strategy but we loved every bit of it this is right. one of those cool little experiences and it probably would have been our middle child's favorite game too because he really digs this style of game yes he, um, yes, he did there's multiple versions of the game out there you could that you can that you can get um, from the very basic game that you can buy in a store to high-end versions of the game with tavern boards and things like that. You can get them. You can make your own. You can make your own version of the game. Um, but the rules are... The basic rules are a lot of fun. They are a little bit complicated. Read them over a couple times. And then there's actual rules in the game to expand it, to, to make it more of a challenge, to change it up a little bit if you are... Um, an expert. An expert at the game. There is also essentially a talk pro league. Like they have their own 
national talk league with tournaments and all sorts of stuff. Like this is this is a game you can absolutely get into. Um, I'm super excited. I yeah. love this game. I loved playing it. I was cool talking to James about how this game came about because I had no idea. Like, that this was such a, a work for him. He'd been trying to get this done. Um, and one of the big things is is uh, Patrick Rothfuss didn't want games to be made. He didn't want that game to be made. He wanted it to be not in, you know, he wanted people to imagine what the game was. And, uh, Pat, uh, and uh, James got him to, he wore him down and made the game. How cool is that? So, um, yeah, big fan of Tak. What is your other game, which I also think is really good? Okay, my second game is a surprise because, for me, I had heard Steve talk about the game. I knew that he interviewed the designers. I think that I, I'm pretty darn sure that there was a podcast where you actually there talked are to many, them about there, I actually have not interviewed them, but I, we have, this game has come up on several podcasts. So, um... I didn't know that I would like the game. It was described so much fawning over the pieces and the way the game looked. It, it was so much hype that I was afraid that I would play the game and really hate it. Because you are um, a natural contrarian. And you hate fun. <laughs> yes, that, that's it. It's all about how much I hate fun. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, it's Dragoon. And it is by Laywaste Games. And it's such an awesome game. It plays really well. The pieces are all they were hyped out to be. And, and the um, game board. The cloth game the board. The cloth game board. The bag that the games come in. The little gold, dra uh, different colored metal dragons. Yep. And the little um, the, the cards for the game. The villages. It's just a very pretty game. Um, there are two different versions of it, right? There's the... Well, now there are. At launch... There were not. There was only one. But now, uh, they decided that they want to keep printing money. Um, so they have the gold edition that they will continue to sell. Um, but they also have one where they have essentially 3D printed... Um, Plastic pieces. They have, yeah, essentially. They have 3D printed... Um, uh, why can't I say this? 3D printed game pieces that are... Much, you know, they're much simpler, obviously cheaper to make, which means they can drop the price point a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, we like, like I said, we've talked about it before. It's just a fun game. Every chance that we get to play it, or when we're in a group, there's always somebody in the group who asks us to bring this game to play this game. And then once somebody's played it, they always want to, oh my god, I want to play again. This was way, you know, it, it's it seems complex, but once you start playing, it's very easy to play. And it's just a lot of fun. I mean, Absolutely. It, it's, it's, there's a lot involved in it, but it's not complex. It's not complicated. It's just a fun game. So Agreed. Um, and there's an expansion coming. Is there really? Um, yes, with the barbarian ship and the thief. So that's a lot of fun. So I guess now it's my turn. Talk about my two favorite games of the year. And then we're going to get into our four Five. honorable mentions. We have four honorable mentions. Five. Two, three, oh, four. You're right. I'm sorry. One of them just has a really long name. So my two. Um, I've talked about both of them on the podcast before, so I'm certainly not going to belabor the point. But um, first, King Domino. Guys, listen. King Domino is eighteen freaking dollars. It's twenty bucks on Amazon. Twenty dollars. There's a lot of game here. Two to four players. Um, it's a really good game. It's really fast. Even younger gamers will be able to make this one work. Huge fan of it. The idea is you are essentially trying to build a kingdom um, with large, contiguous, well-designed biomes around your castle um, and you using uh, domino pieces that are uh, that have different biomes on either side. Um, and the idea is you're trying to gain points. Um, this will literally take five minutes to teach. Um, you just show a couple dominoes, you explain how it works, you take a couple of turns and you go. The hardest quote-unquote part of this game, I think, is explaining how the, how like the drafting order is done essentially because you, you are placing pawns down on these tiles um, and then as soon as you pick, 
you then place your pawn down on the next set of tiles. Um, and really, that's one of those things where you just have to do it. And once you do one turn and go through that transition once, everybody's in, right? Mm -hmm. um, huge fan, love the colors. Queen Domino, which is an expansion but also a standalone game that's a little heavier, also just came out. Um, I had it briefly in my hands at PAX Unplugged. And I regret putting it down, but we'll have that soon. Um, I almost—I was gonna buy it. I was gonna buy that in photosynthesis, but I—I I did. I put them both down. I—I I will admit it was a mistake. So I—I apologize. But um, King Domino, easily one of my favorite games of the year. Um, man, it's so good, and it doesn't hurt. It was a Spiel des Jahres winner this year. Yeah. So um, I mean, damn. I, uh, and not... it's fun. I again, it's one of those. If I don't play it, I forget the rules. It's just how I am. If I don't play it often, frequently, I forget the rules. So every time we go to play, I'm like, I don't remember how this plays. I remember I liked it, but I don't remember how takes, to play it. And then it takes me three minutes to get you up to speed. So right. it's really not crazy. Um, this is designed by Bruno Cathala, uh, published by Blue Orange Games. Um, this is really, it is so good, guys. Um, it is one of, you know, it's it's ranked 197 on uh, Board Game Geek right now, so that's pretty impressive. Um, and it's King Do guys, King Domino, if you like board games and you don't own this game yet, um, Christmas is next week, just buy it up, put it this, under the tree. This was my second choice. His next, his next choice was also one of my choices, so. So yours were all stolen. They were. Um, this is, and I'm just going to crown it right now because there is no question about this. Saikatsu is my favorite game of the year, and it is the Engaged Family Gaming board game of the year, period, full stop. Nothing came close. And here's why. Um, Saikatsu is beautiful. It's easy to teach. Um, it is uh, abstract enough that it is... Pl there, there's people, there are some people out there that really don't like themes, right? Um, this is a relatively themeless game, despite the fact that it has pretty art. Um... The tiles are almost as good as the tiles for Splendor. Almost. Yes, they are. Um, I wish they were a little bigger, but I get why they are what they are. Um, this is a beautiful game. I've talked about this game on the podcast, I think, three or four dozen times. This is, without question, our board game of the year. Um, I recommend this game comfortably. It's from IDW Games, designed by Peter Walken. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's the artist. Designed by Matt Loomis and Isaac Shalev. Um, it says one to four players. There is a solo variant for this game, uh, which I actually haven't tried yet, but I'm kind of interested in it. Um, but it works best with two players. It works best with three players, actually. Three players, that's um, right. One of the things that I am thinking about doing during uh, New Year's, because uh, we're having a New Year's party, is actually having a cooperative one-player game where we try and, as a group, play one game and see how high we can go. But this is uh, one that anybody that we have introduced this yeah, game to... Yeah, nobody has not liked it. Has liked it. They've loved it. They've asked us to bring it to many board game nights. Everybody who's seen it has raved about how pretty I mean, it is. It's very pastel colored and it's Japanese art or it's got um, birds and flowers and you're... Very painterly. Right. And you're basically making rows. The goal is you're building a pond. Um, but you are essentially putting down circular tiles to make rows. Um, you are building flocks of birds, but also building rows of flowers from your perspective. Um, and I, so fun fact about Saikatsu, Saikatsu means life. And so life is beautiful. It's all about your perspective. So I thought that was a very beautiful name choice i'm a big fan of this um so yeah so that's my that, that's my other i mean it's our game of the year it is my choice uh for my favorite game of the year um it had to be on this list um i recommend this fully to anyone if you like board games and you haven't played saikatsu yet get in on it yep so let's take a quick break and then we'll come back for our honorable mentions honorable mentions they're the ones that we there are four Right. We couldn't fit them on the list, but we really wanted to put them on the list, so we're doing it. So here they go. Yeah. We just All couldn't right. agree who was going to... We couldn't agree on who was going to just put it in their list. Okay. Break time. And here we go. All right, everybody. Welcome back to episode 115 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is Board Game Week. I am joined by my wife, Jenna, and we are here talking about our favorite board games. 
of 2017. Not um, of 2017. Uh, that we played this year. They yeah, weren't released. The favorite board games that we played in 2017. Okay. You're right. Good clarification. Because again, reminder on the rules. Some of these can be older. Some of these might not have even come out yet. These are the best games we put on our table during the month, during the year of 2017. So, um, we've got four runners-up that I think were, that really did catch our attention. It's just they didn't catch any one person's attention enough. Um, and I will admit, this one surprised me that it was not on our big guy's list. This did surprise me. I thought it would be one of his number one games. Um, I think it's our, as a group, the older ones in the family all loved it, and we loved playing with our friends. I think the reason it didn't make his list is because we haven't gotten into it enough because we're playing with a specific group of friends, and it's a... Um, we're we're pl- playing it like a legacy game. Right. It's not actually a legacy game because one of the big keys for legacy games is that you can't restart. Right. You have to permanently alter the game. This doesn't have that, but we are playing it as a legacy game, so we're playing it with almost like a campaign-based experience. So it is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, um, which is why we were surprised that it wasn't number one on his list because he's a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, Published by USAopoly. Um, It's a Harry Potter game, man. This is a deck-building game uh, that contains books one through seven. Um, It was... Uh, I mean, it's gotten a bunch of awards already. In 2016, it was the best thematic board game, the best family board game, the best cooperative game, and the best card game nominee uh, in all those categories. Didn't win either of them. Doesn't really need to. Um, This is one of our favorite games of the year. It's super fun, super thematic. It really does feel like you are casting spells and, you know, taking on the role of Harry Potter and his friends. Um, there is an expansion out that we do not have yet, but I presume we will have soon. Um, I'm excited about that because I want to play as Luna Lovegood. And it adds more players to the game, doesn't it? Yes. Doesn't really matter to me. I want to play as Luna Lovegood. Okay. So that is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Big fan of this game. Um it sells for $33 on Amazon, which is a pretty good price. Yeah, it's much um, better than it was originally. Um, yes. I mean, it's it, the MSRP is about $50. You will very likely end up paying that at a um, at your friendly local game store. But at this point, some of them might have it discounted. So, you know, kind of keep that in mind. Um, next, this is a Kickstarter that we played um, and isn't quite out yet. However, that's okay. It's it was funded, in. though. It was a lot of fun. It was a Kickstarter that was funded. It's coming out next year. Um, the uh, It's called Cauldron Bubble and Boil, um, designed by Anthrorob, um, and published by Magic Circle Games, which is his company. So self-published through Kickstarter. Um, it's not out yet. He's still finalizing it. Um, it's two to four players, 45 minutes, 12 plus. Um this game is a lot of fun. It is. The theme is super cute. Um, Your witches. Witches collecting things to build the best potions. You're collecting resources to build the best potions in your little cauldrons. And um, you basically... Well, no, no, no. Let's, let's, let's not hide the lead here. The cool part is, as you collect resources and put them in your cauldron, you are never allowed to look at them again. Right. So this has a very strong memory mechanic. Yes. Also... Opponents can chuck junk into your thing, steal stuff out of your cauldron, and also you can cast like these dark spells that essentially um, are almost like a, a a mana cost that you have to pay at the end of the game before you can that score, some of the spells which also you negate some of the resources you gain. Right. Um, let me tell you, the first couple of games I played of this, I was terrible because I had no idea what was going into <laughs> my pot. Um, it is super cool. Um, you know, it's, you know, your pharma cubes, but the, the, another thing that's really awesome is as you're drawing cards, you have, um, your, each card is three things. It's a spell in your spell book that you can, that you can cast as like a black magic spell. 
it can be a garden from which you grow your resources, or it could be a recipe that you add to your recipe book to complete to earn victory points. So it's as though you were playing Ticket to Ride, and the train cars were also your route cards and also determined the shape and size of the tracks on right. the board. Um, it's bananas. There's a lot of careful balancing you have to make, and obviously you have limited actions you can take during the turn. Um I really dig this. The memory category on this, my lord. It messed I'm, you up. But I'm really bad at memory. We absolutely have a review up of this game on, on um, EngageFamilyGaming.com. It was... Well, we f- can't call it a review because it's a Kickstarter preview. It's a Kickstarter preview, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, I hope we get the, the, the full version of this game when it comes out. We, we promoted it really really strongly when it was going through because Kickstarter we, because we really wanted it to be funded because it is a good game. It is well thought out. The mechanics are fun. The the components are cute. The artwork is very thematically appropriate appropriate. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just fun. So that's why Agreed. it made our honorable mention list. Agreed. It absolutely did. So that is Cauldron Bubble and Boil. Um next I want to talk about a little uh, dexterity flicking game. That came out in 2016, and that is ice cool because who doesn't want to flick some penguins around? Um, this should win the award for best use of a box ever. Yes. Um, this is really cool. It's two to four players. It plays best with four, and I think that's true. Uh, it's designed by Brian Gomes, um, Gomez and Gomez, and it's from um, Amigo Brain Games is the people that published it. This thing is super rad. It's $35. I know that's a little on the pricey side. This game is worth it. Uh, it does take up all, quite a bit of table space, um, but this is rad. The idea is you're playing with four players, or however many. One person uh, one person is the catcher. Everybody else is basically trying to go through four archways, which are the four doors through the school, collecting fish. Um, and the catcher is trying to capture you um, by hitting his meeple into yours. If you get as you get the fish, you get points, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As he catches you, he earns points, and you just play a certain number of rounds where everybody has the chance to be the catcher twice. Yeah. Um, this game is also awesome because it it really does. The board is designed for some serious trick shots. Yep. So it really does encourage kids to practice, do some wacky stuff. For example, if you can jump a dude over a wall, you can do it. Yeah. If and if you put the right spin on it, you can absolutely corkscrew it through all four doors at once. Oh yeah, the way the meeples are designed is is it's awesome. And this was definitely um was the 2017 Kinderspiel des Jahres winner. So we're not the only ones who love this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is this was a really good um 2017, not 2007. 2017. Yeah. 2017 yeah. Kinderspiel des Jahres winner. Yeah. Um so we're not the only ones that loved it. Um, and that's right. I think it's the best choice um, for you know kids' games. Every kid that we have had touch this game has loved it. Um, and it looks really cool, and thematically it's fun. Um, we couldn't leave it off of our list, but no one wanted to claim it, which I think says something, but it's still really fun. And last, this is another Kickstarter that we uh, did a review for, uh, designed by Christopher Bollinger and published by ADC Blackfire Entertainment. Beaten Games. And, and beaten games, and that is A Dog's Life. Um, so this is essentially a reprint. Yes. Um, it's not exactly a reprint. They call it a re-implementation. Um, but basically they took an older game, kind of kicked it up a bit. Um, I like the fact that you pee everywhere. Yeah, of course you do. That's why our kids like it too. So you have little figures that are really adorable. Uh, puppies. German Shepherd, a Poodle, a Whippet, a Boxer, a Lab, and a Fox Terrier. And they're trying to go out on an adventure in town. They all have their little dens that they live in. And they are trying to collect two bones and bring the two bones and hide them in their den. Um, They can do various things like beg in restaurants, search through trash bins, deliver newspapers to get treats, um, fight your rival dogs if you come across them. You drink from fountains and you could pee everywhere and everywhere you pee you mark your territory so other dogs can't go around through that way and of course in the midst of all of this dog adventure there's a dog catcher that can take you out and kind of put you in jail like monopoly where you miss turns until you can 
get out of jail. Um, it's 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 a you know it's a fun little game. There's a lot of different mechanics in it. The design and the artwork on the game is really cool. It looks like like it almost looks like the buildings are 3D the way that it's designed, but they're not. They're flat on the board. Um, you you could choose the type of pet you want based on the strategy that you want to play in the game. And it's just, it's cute. It's very well designed. It's a good reprint of the game. I don't know how, how popular it's going to be with the general public, but I do know that our children love to play it, and they they thought the silliness of peeing everywhere. I mean, it was just, just like you. <laughs> they thought that was fun. You're calling me juvenile? Maybe. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, I kind of am. It, it's... It, so, I, I mean, that is one of the things I like about it, too, right? Like, it's, um, you know, this is a, I mean, it's a, it's a simple concept, right? Like, you're, you're, just, you're playing your, your dogs. Um, it's really easy for kids to get kind of get into that mindset. It's simple to teach. Um, I love the meeples. Uh, they're not even meeples. They're, like, fully painted minifigs. Yeah. And I absolutely love them. They all have their little hats on. They and, all have their own personality. and Which is cool. Um, this is one of those games I, I recommend, especially if you're a dog-loving family. Knock the, get, grab this. Do what you got to do. And was the Kickstarter funded for this? I don't know. Yeah. Yes, very well. Very good. Good, good, good. Um, and it was, there were a couple Facebook groups where this is actually one of the, um, you know, games of the quarter or in uh, one of the board game reviewer Facebook groups. There were a lot of people that really liked this. There were obviously some folks that had their concerns, like how could this game win? Um, but I don't care. No, and it's fun. So those are our, those are the four honorable mentions that we have. Um, so we do have a little bit of time left. Are there any games that you are looking forward to playing next year? Um, Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Yep. That, that's one I want to play. Yeah. We have to finish Pandemic Legacy Season 1 with our big guy. We do. Um, another game that I am super excited to play, which technically came out this year, is Charterstone. This just came out like last week. I even put a little thing up on Instagram. This is a legacy game um, that is essentially like a town building experience. Cannot wait for Charterstone. I bet you it's possible Charterstone might make it onto our list. Um... Another game that I am absolutely looking forward to playing next year. Yeah. Where is it? I don't know. I'm working on it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can't remember what it is. Well, another one that I'm looking forward to playing that our kids... Oh, wait. It's Azul. Azul. Let me tell you about Azul. Azul. Came out this year. It's an abstract game where you are a tile layer... And you play with these tiles that, let's be real, some of them look like Starburst. Um, but this game is absolutely, st it's a stunning abstract game. Um, you're earning points for laying out tiles and patterns and stuff. Doesn't that look amazing? It's very pretty. Uh, I cannot, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's, um, I forget what those, those mosaic tiles are called. Um, but yeah, it's really pretty. Um, and the last one, The Battle for Rokugan. You talked about that. And I get it. It looks so complicated. But it looks fun. But it looks really complicated. Um, oh, it's definitely complicated. I want to play it with uh, with the big guy. But that's... I want to play it with the big guy. But that's... But also, that's the mini... The dudes on a map miniatures one. Um, the real one that I want to go with along with that <laughs> is the Legends of the Five Rings living card game. Yeah. And what else? Oh my god, I totally forgot the name of the game, and you're going to have to help me remember it, because it was um, a favorite that we played every week for, yes, photosynthesis, but that's not the game I'm talking about. It was the one with the little, um, the little, um, like, masters that you had to get across the board, the, the, I think it was four Asian masters, and they were the really hard ceramic pieces that you had to get, a two, two-player game. Oh my goodness! With the the nice soft cloth. Oh. Oh, it was I mean, so much fun. That was I. I don't know why that didn't make Evans' list. He played that one constantly. Um, oh, Onitama. Yeah, that's it. Onitama. Yes. Yeah, that's a real. That's another good one. That was another that should have been in our most played games of the family because, 
her oldest probably, I want to say, every single time we brought out a game for half of the year, played that one. When did that come out? I'm looking. Ponytama, 2014. Really? Well, there's a new expansion that came out this year. Maybe that's but. And then there are some like standalone cards that you can buy. But that was such a good game. That was another. Ponytama Sensei's Path. That's it. Came out you. this year. It's got new moves. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know why Onitama didn't make it onto his list. I'm not. I'm not just looking forward to playing that game next year. I know I am playing that game next year because Evan loves it. You never know; it might find itself onto the way next year. But photos oh, is another game that we're going to get our hands on in what? 2017 that I can't ex- that I cannot wait for. What? Legend of Korra. Yes. Arena yes. Battle. That is true. There, yes, we have the long and short of it, folks. Is board games are awesome. And uh, they're only getting better. And 2017, there's a lot to look forward to. So here's here's your homework, listeners. Um, I want you join our community, engagefamilygaming.com/community, um, and there will be a post with this podcast. Um, what I want you to do, big time, I want you to reply with what your favorite games that you played this year are. Number one. And number two, I want you to tell us some games that you are looking forward to playing in 2017. It could be a game that you bought that you haven't unwrapped yet. It could yeah. be a game that you bought you haven't gotten to the table. I'm not really, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. That's what I want to know. So um, until next time, this has been episode 115 of Engaged, a family of Engage. I don't want to say Engaged. That's different. It's a different show, believe it or not. Um, and no, this podcast is not about Star Trek. Um, I get a lot of people confused. Um, This has been episode 115 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. My name is Steven, and this is Jenna. We are signing off for this week. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to our show as much as we enjoyed recording it. Next week, we will be back talking about our video games of the year. We get to have the fight. Is it Legend of Zelda? Is it Mario Odyssey? Is it Horizon Zero Dawn? Is it Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? It's going to (laughs) be bananas, guys. So until next time, um, I do hope you have a wonderful week. We'll see you soon. But don't forget. Get your family game on. Bye now. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.